On Thursday nights here at the church, um, I've been preaching on topics that we don't like to talk about, and, um, but it's important that we do. And I don't know that I'm doing that so much tonight, but at the same time, I think it does classify. Uh, all of us as parents in this auditorium, we want the best for our children. Um, we want them to succeed. We do what we do. Um, we all do whatever is necessary. We all will pray for them. We all will sacrifice for them. We all will give whatever is necessary to see that our children are cared for. And um, I want to thank you for that investment on this part um, and seeing that they um, have a, a biblical and a Christian education. Um, I, um, you know, we have our parent-teacher fellowships on Thursday um, for one reason, um, and that reason is because I never want the school to be seen as something separate than a ministry of the church. And um, it is a ministry of the church. It is something that our church desires to do as part of the Great Commission, if we can teach them to observe all things. And, um, and so I, I consider it a privilege in assisting every parent uh, in this process of training our children. In this passage of Scripture, 3 John, uh, look at verse number 1. It says there, it says, The elder and to the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. We have our parent-teacher fellowships, and we bring everybody together because I think it's important um, that we share our heart and our direction and our goals with the academy so that we are all on the same page. And um, in this text, John shares his heart. He um, shares some things that are really important to him. It's very personal, this letter is. There's some debate as to who Gaius is, who he's writing to, but obviously he's very dear to John, um, possibly a son in the faith. But you see John's heart here. And when I read John's heart in these verses that we read tonight, I see something that I share for my children and that I share for your children. As a father, I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth, to see them make decisions that are Christ-honoring, to see them stay faithful to church. Um, those things please me more than any other thing, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. As an um, administrator, on day one, because Addo Baptist Academy was um, uh, a project that I was assigned to uh, my senior year in college. I took school administration, and we had to um, create a fictitious school. And, um, and everything from staffing it to scheduling it. Did you have to take that class, Brother Price? Yeah. Did you have to do that project? Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. It's a big project. And, um, <clears throat> but mine wasn't fictitious. Mine was uh, the beginning of Cazadel Baptist Academy. Uh, started uh, my... A handbook that I made was called the ABCs of CBA. I'm still proud of that. That was a pretty good thing. All right, uh, but uh, you know, and uh, you know, and that was instituted. I graduated from college in May, and we started the school that September. And um, this has been 
very dear ministry to me since day one. And one of the great joys of this ministry is to see young people that went to school here that are still serving the Lord, still walking in truth, still faithful to the Lord's house, serving the Lord. There are some that are serving the Lord as pastors, some as assistant pastors, some faithful in their church, some working on buses and junior churches. There's no greater joy than that, than to see that. Teaching Sunday schools and doing all that they're doing, that brings great joy. And um, I was reading this, and I just want to share a few things, um, because it is my heart, and I hope it's yours too. I want you to see, first of all, some things that he prayed for. Some things that he prayed for. In verse number 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things. That word wish simply means he prayed for. All right? You can look up the word if you like, but he prayed for these things. He desired these things of God. And John loved this person to whom he's speaking of, and he prayed for this person as I do my children and I do your children. And I hope that you pray for these things. What did he pray for in this verse? I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Number one, he prayed for their success. They wanted, he wanted them to be a success. I pray that my children are a success. I pray that your children are a success. Not according to the world standards. But I pray they are a success according to God's standards. Now, I believe the scripture is very clear on what a success is. Uh, keep something right here because we'll come right back to it. But go to Joshua chapter number 1. Joshua chapter number 1. Again, John wrote uh, that he uh, wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. In Joshua chapter number 1, we pray that our children might be a success. And in verse number 8 in Joshua 1, familiar passage, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way, what? Prosperous, and then thou shalt have good, what? Success. So success and prosperity is defined in the Bible here. And so when I say I'm praying for my children's success, I'm praying for your children's success, I'm praying that they might prosper, this is what I'm referring to. And how does it take place according to the Word of God, which is all that matters? It doesn't matter what so-and-so who wrote a book says is a success. What matters is what does God say is a success. And what it says here, number one, I wrote down these three things and from here in Joshua 1.8, that true success is not in money, Large bank accounts does not define a success in the eyes of God. Having a lot of stuff and toys is not defined by God as being success and prosperity. Being the CEO of a large business, though that may be fine if that's God's will, but that is, that is not the definition of success and prosperity. The definition of success and prosperity, according to the word of God, number one, is that they memorize God's word. I mean, that's what it says. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It is important that they are taught the word of God. That they learn what thus saith the Lord. That they learn to pattern their life after the things of God. 
that they understand the importance and the priority of God's word and God's way and how that is the true secret of success and prosperity in this life. We can teach math here. We can teach math at a public school. I did both last year. But the fact is this, the difference is this, that true success is having a biblical understanding of why we do these things. You see, we can teach a lot of the same things, but understanding how God wants to use these things and why God wants to use these things. That's why, you know, we stress reading. We want our children to be able to read and have good phonics and study the grammar and things like this. Why? Because I want them to be able to read and write and transmit and pass on the scriptures and be able to communicate with people. It's important. I want them, the men, to grow up and ladies to to be able to to work and do what God has called them to do. But it starts with a memorizing or a learning of the Word of God. This is prosperity. Secondly is meditating on the Word of God. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. We want to teach our young people to discern all decisions in accordance to what does the Bible say. Amen. Amen. What does the Bible say? What are the principles taught in the word of God? We want them to grow, to learn, to meditate, to think like God would think. And we have that right here in this book. When someone offers them an awesome, well-paying job, but they say you'll have to work every Sunday, I want them to say no to that job. Because this is, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm a believer, I'm God's child first. I want them to discern decisions and every decision in their life as they deal with people and things and and objects and and, and all that they're dealing with. I want them to act like a Christian, think like a Christian, behave like a child of God. Why? And that will only take place as God's word is settled in our heart. We are made in the image of God. And, and, and that means we're made a, a triune being, just like just God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. So we are made in the image of God as a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. Our body is how we deal with this outward world. Our soul is our intellect, our mind, our decision-making, our will, our emotions. And our spirit is that part that deals with and, and fellowships with God, with each other. And if you're lost, with evil spirits. It's a spiritual part of us. And, and, and I, I believe it's so vital that we teach our young people to learn the Word of God and to think through things through the Word of God so that their soul is settled on these things so that in every decision that they make in life, there's something inside of them in their spirit, in their conscience, in their soul that says this is right or this is wrong and they've learned it from memorizing and meditating on the Word of God. Which leads you to the third point, which is memorize, meditate, and then minding the word of God. It says that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. True success and prosperity is not just memorizing, but also meditating, but not just memorizing and meditating, but minding it or obeying what the word of God says. To know, to not just be a hearer of the word, but as James said, a doer of the word also. That we have the obligation and the opportunity here in this school to teach these young people, to show them these things so that they might have prosperity, that they might have success. Because the Bible says when they do those three things, then their way will be prosperous. 
then they'll have good success. So they must be taught, they must be trained, and those principles must be tested. They need to do these things. And by the way, Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse number 7 gives every one of us the, the, the commandment to teach them to our children. And the greatest way we can teach them is with our mouth, and, but with our actions. Show them. Teach them, but show them. Back in our text, if you would, back in 3 John, number 1, he prayed for success. Secondly, he prayed for strength, health. I'm not going to spend a long time on this, but it is important. These are things he prayed for. Beloved, I wish above all things, in verse 2, that thou mayest prosper and be in health. He prayed for their health as their soul prospered, but this is a physical health. Uh, we should pray for the health of our young people, the longevity if the Lord would allow that. Life has no guarantees. Life is fragile. It is fragile. And we as parents should pray for our children and for their health. And I'm not using this as some sort of plug. I'm just, it is what the Bible says, that we should pray for their health. And I pray for your child's health. And I, uh, I hope you'll, you'll, you'll pray for your child's health. And, and, and not just pray for it, but act on it. What I mean by that, I hate to be all intruding, but it's just, that's what the Bible says, to pray for their health, right? Which means this. They need to sleep. Quit letting them stay up all night. <laughs> I know. Let's get our report cards, please. Right, yeah, right. No, we all need to be on the same page, right? They, they, if they're not sleeping, if you're letting them stay on their phone till 3 in the morning every night and then trying to roll them out of bed at 7.30, they're struggling, not just in academics. They can't stay healthy because they're tired. You say, oh, they're young. They get tired. They need to sleep. If you have to, take those gadgets away. Tell them to go to sleep. Amen. I know. You're intruding, right? No, we all need to be on the same page, right? They need to eat. They need to eat. They need to eat. And decent things every once in a while. They need to eat. I mean, it's, it would be hypocritical to say we need to pray for our children's health and let them stay up all night, get an hour of sleep or two hours of sleep every night, and they're living on Twinkies. How dare we pray for God to bless their health when we won't invest in their health? I say it because when they eat lunch, they need to have a lunch to eat. Because they start dozing off in the afternoon because they're weak, they're tired. Because they didn't sleep at night and they're not eating something. I know, right? Weird sermon. But it's, it's right there. We pray for their health. We pray that they might be in health. And that's going to require us to do some things. Make sure they sleep, make sure they eat, and, and make sure they get some movement in their life. They do something. I know, I'm, I'm getting in people's business, ain't I? Yeah, amen, right? But get them moving a little bit, all right? Not sitting on the couch watching TV eight hours a day. Playing video games all day and all night long. Get up. Give them a job to do. 
They need to move, all right? But they need to be in health. I'll go on because I know we love that point, all right? But that's what it said. We pray that they would be a success. We pray that they would have strength and be in health. And then most importantly, we pray for their soul. It says, even as thy soul prospereth, we ought to pray for the souls of our young people. Pray first and foremost that they be saved. There's nothing more important three greatest days of my life apart from my salvation and my wife and 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 us getting married and but we rejoice together the three greatest days are the days that our children got saved rejoice in that you know i i i hope you feel that way and you know that with your children some of our children are young right pray for their soul every day I, I, I prayed for years for my, from the time they were born that they might be saved. I prayed they would surrender to God. I prayed they would serve God. And I prayed for their spouse. From the day I found out that they were to be born, I prayed for those four things for my children. And what a glorious day, the day they got saved. But it's not just salvation, but we pray that their soul will prosper. We pray that they will grow spiritually. That again is going to require us to invest in them spiritually. Talk to them about spiritual things. Don't send them to church. Take them to church. Make sure they're listening in church. So I got them in a Christian school. You're wasting your money and their time and ours. If you have no interest in raising them and taking them to church and teaching them what is right. I'm sorry. You're going to trump anything we try to do. So see that their soul prospers. So I'm done with this last point. But these are things he prayed for, right? I wish above all things. But then in verse 3 and 4, there was one thing that he pleaded for. One thing that he pleaded for. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You see, I separated the two because this is something he pleaded for because when it comes to success in teaching them the word of God, and, may, and seeing that they're being in health and seeing that they're being taken to church with us and sitting in Sunday school and paying attention, those are all things that we, as parents, we can make happen. I mean, that's why we're called parents, right? We can make those things happen. But I cannot make verse 4 happen. I can't. As much as I invested in my three children, as much as I have invested in, in so many other people's children, as much as I'm investing in your children now, and as much as you are investing in their, your children right now, listen to me, there comes a time when they have to choose whether they're going to walk in truth or not. I would love to have the authority to make my children walk in truth. I would love that. But Alex has to choose every day when he wakes up. And Grace has to choose every day when she wakes up. And Elena and Coy have to choose every day when they wake up. 
I cannot sit them down and make them memorize scripture. I cannot sit them down and make them meditate on things and mind and obey and do these things. I cannot make sure that they're getting sleep now. I cannot make sure that they're, uh, you know, I, I've, that they're, they're on their own. Now, I still have an influence, don't get me wrong. But it's an awesome thing. When you watch and you see your children walk in truth. There's nothing more heartbreaking than to watch a child choose not to walk in truth. But there's nothing more joyous than to see your children choose to walk in truth. That's why John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And may we pray for these things and do all that we can in these things in verse number 2. But may we plead every day that our children will not just hear these things, but they will choose as they get older to walk and continue in these things. That they might continue to serve the Lord and walk with the Lord, because I promise you this. That's what I'm doing for your kids. And I hope we can do that together. And pray for these things. And plead for this thing. That we might see them walk in truth.